Hello, my name is Kim Davenport and I am the communications manager for Tacoma Historical Society. Uh, throughout 2023, we are celebrating the sesquicentennial of the arrival of the Northern Pacific Railroad in Tacoma in 1873. And this month, in honor of Women's History Month, we have a special guest who is here to talk with us about her experience working for the railroad and learning about the history of the railroad. Uh, so I'm pleased to be talking with Kimberly Klontz. Thank you so much for being with me today. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you for inviting me. Absolutely. So my first question, because uh, I know you've worked uh, for the railroad for a long time, what first drew you to that work? Why were you interested in working for the railroad? So the thing that drew me to the railroad was uh, ironically the fact that I didn't want to pay for college. <laughs> <laughs> and I needed a good way to pay for college. And so I ended up when I got out of high school, um, I'd had I'd had family and I had uh, pre previous experiences. My grandfather uh, had worked for a, a person who was in charge of one of the local museums that was a railroad museum. So my family had been involved with the railroad and the railroad aspect of that for a long time so I did have some knowledge of the railroad it wasn't the really the direction I wanted to go into I actually wanted to get a degree as a mechanical engineer and um, I just didn't have the money to pay for it so I thought and I talked to a friend of mine who was a, a engineer for the uh, Burlington Northern and he you know hired out with the NP in the 1930s and he's like oh this is a great way to go to you know to be able to pay for your schooling you know come here and we'll you know get a job work for a few years and then you can go back to school and so that's how I pretty much ended up going over and and starting work at the railroad was just an opportunity to to pay for college never went back to college I stayed with the railroad <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those plans don't go the way we expect them to go. So how many years has that been? I mean, I don't necessarily want to make you age yourself in the interview, but how many, how many years has that been that you've been working for the railroad and what different kinds of work have you done over those years? Uh, well, I've worked for the railroad for 27 years and I um, hired out as I was the, actually the first class that hired out as, as conductors prior to that people had to hire out as a trainman and then apprentice and then they were eligible for promotion into conductor. But the class that I was with, it was a change of contract. So I, I became a conductor first and worked in that position for a, about a year, a little over a year. And then I ended up going into the engineer's program and took engineer's promotion um, due to a downturn in the economy. I couldn't work as an engineer. And eventually couldn't work as a conductor. So I ended up working as a switchman and I really enjoyed working as a switchman. It was actually probably one of the favorite jobs I had uh, working on the railroad. And then a few years later after that, I ended up, you know, finally my number came up and I was working as an engineer and that's what I've done ever since. So this is a big open-ended question and you can take it any direction you like, but what, what to you is the most interesting or fulfilling part of what you get to do in your work? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I like the fact I'm, I'm not an office person. So to me, to be able to be, you know, out of the office, to be outside outdoors, um, 
you know, even though we are confined to a cab of an engine as an engineer, uh, for the most part, I actually really do enjoy being able to be, be out in, in an environment and be able to, you know, see things as, as I move through them. I work in, I currently work in a yard and I probably will for quite a while, but it was always enjoyable on the road to be able to go out there and to be able to see the, the you know, the seasons changing and to be able to traverse some of the territory that we did because I worked um, over uh, Stevens Pass uh, quite frequently. And that was always, it was always uh, enjoyable, maybe not in winter so much, but uh, spring and fall were definitely two wonderful seasons up there. And, you know, working along the coastline and being able to really get that, you know, a bird's eye view that most people don't, don't see um, is it's, it's definitely, definitely a plus to the job. Yeah. Yeah. That must be, I, I can imagine how exciting that would be. Um, so from my perspective as an outsider to the, the whole industry of the railroad, um, it, it would seem to me to be a very male dominated um, workplace or, you know, uh, uh, industry in general. Um, first of all, is, is that true? Uh, <laughs> but, um, regardless uh, of what that experience is, what, what has your experience been like as a woman working in this, in this field? First, the, the job is definitely uh, male dominated. There's, uh, there's very few women. Um, it's, it's, and I don't know, I'm just, it's something I've always done. Um, I've been fairly well received by pretty much everybody. So it hasn't really been that big of a, you know, it hasn't really been that much of a, an issue for me. I spent a lot of time though growing up in areas and doing a lot of things that were also a lot more male. They were, they were male dominated. So it never really was a difficult transition. Um, I know some people I've, I've worked with uh, females over the years that have expressed the fact of you know, coming from areas where they had previously been in occupations that were more, you know, either middle of the road or female, that it was surprising to them to not find uh, really any women out there. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's just something for me, I just don't even really notice that much anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, after many years in a, in a setting, you're, you, you sound very enthusiastic about the work and that, you know, that would carry us through, you know, any of those types of situations. Um, so we're obviously celebrating, you know, railroad history all year in lots of different ways and, and talking about a lot of different stories. And I know you're someone who's always been interested in that. You talked about, you know, your family being involved in, in railroad museums and, um, I guess I have a couple of questions along those lines. So my first question is, it, do you find yourself just on an average day at work being aware of the history? Is that is it is it tangible around you that this is this is a, a you know a profession that's been around for a long time that the railroad has been in this area for a long time? Is that is that something tangible to you when you go to work every day? It is. I mean, I'm I'm. I'm aware of the railroad's history. I'm aware of the of of the cultural significance of the railroad. Uh, it opened up westward expansion. It's an essential, you know, function in the economy, um, and it it's still, you know, it's 
it's even though it's it's an older mode of transportation and a lot of people i think take it for granted uh, the railroad is still very very essential uh to everything that we do uh just not only the moving of freight but the movement of passengers and i think in a lot of place i i feel as if railroad is the railroad as a whole is kind of actually in a depressed period right now. And I think we're gonna see a lot, almost like a renaissance in the railroad industry, uh, especially as we move more towards uh, a green economy. Uh, and we're gonna see probably a lot more movement of freight as well as more movement of people by rail. So I kind of think it's kind of at a, it's kind of at a, a lull right now. And I do reflect on that about, you know, where the future kind of holds with it, as well as where it's come from in the past and, you know, where the mistakes were made, you know, should we have kept more of the branch lines? Should we have focused and not lost as much of the passenger service as we've lost? Uh, should we have, have focused on different alternatives for how we handle, handle freight in this country? I mean, those are all, all things that I think about so yeah, I do think about the history of it in that respect. And I know you've also had the chance um, over the years to to actually interview people, you know, from periods much earlier in in our history with who, who were employees and had worked with the railroad. Do you have any do you have any favorite stories that <laughs> that you'd like to share, or any you know particular themes that come out of of those conversations you've had the opportunity to have? There's there's a lot. I mean, I, I was. You know, I was fortunate. I knew a lot of the the older uh, women who, uh, and I speaking speaking to them, the older women that originally had hired out as operators uh, during World War II, and talking about their experiences. Um, a lot of them went on to marry railroaders, and it just seems to be something that they, you know, that seems to happen in that field, um, and you know, and you get to know their spouses and, and you get to know a lot of the history. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me how family the railroad was and how interconnected everybody was. And, and that's, I, th I think that's one of the biggest things that, that always kind of surprised me is, and it, it still does, you know, I talked to my coworkers about it a little bit today about the fact that it seems like we're an insular world and it's there's only so many of us that know our language and our culture and the way our schedules work and and those types of things and when we talk to people outside of it they don't seem to understand it but you know even talking um with the older people that I did you know they the reason they gravitated towards each other and they protected each other and they protected each other's history um they definitely didn't want to see the history or the culture lost um, of, of what it was. It was something that was very important to them. It's one of the reasons they stayed involved uh, with, with those type of historical organizations was to make sure that that history was preserved and passed down because it is, it is fundamental to who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question, but I'm sure you can answer it. Um, you know, we're obviously celebrating this history this year uh, through our organization, but what are some other organizations around this region that people can 
you know, reach out to if they're interested in learning more, you know, beyond just this celebratory year, uh, but just in the future, are there organizations that people can go visit a museum or volunteer some time to help out or what are, what are some organizations you'd encourage people to look into? Uh, the, uh, uh, the Puget Sound and Snoqualmie Valley Railroad up in Snoqualmie are Northwest uh, Rail Museum. I think they are. Um, they have an excellent outreach program and they they do have a lot of history. You can they have a, a really good museum. Uh, they're an excellent resource and local. Um, there's the uh, Northern Pacific Railway Museum over in Toppenish. Um, they specialize more, they're NP, but they, they, they're more leaning towards the, the freight end of the business than passenger, although they're starting to get into the passenger stuff now too. Uh, they've got quite a collection over there. Um, there's another one uh, that's over towards Spokane, and unfortunately the name slips me right now, um, but they, have, they also have a museum over there. Um, and then if there's the uh, Pacific Northwest Archives in Burien. They're not really, um, they're open more for like their research papers and paperwork uh, and stuff like that. And they do have some, some programs similar to what you're doing here that they've put on the internet. Um, and so those are some, some good resources. Uh, there's also uh, down in Portland, there's um, the Rail Heritage Museum down uh, at OMSI in Portland, and they have a uh, they have a, a pretty good exhibit that they have put together. And I'd recommend to anybody that wants to go learn more that those would be some some excellent choices to to learn. Yeah, great, thank you. Yeah, I can put some website addresses on the screen under <laughs> while you're talking. Um, <laughs> so the other question I have for you, and and. Um, Again, I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you this, but I know it's something you've been very involved in. Is is the 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 labor side of uh, of the of the, your career, um, and also the history of that? And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how you got involved in that, and and what what that's been like to be part of your involvement with the railroad. Um. Yeah. Sure. Um. I got involved. Uh, well, first of all, I just I I do like the labor history. And so that's been a long, a long-standing thing. And I've I've done quite a bit of reading and research over pretty much uh, the railroads and how they developed uh, the different uh, union organizations and how they've how they have progressed. And I've tried to put put together a lot of that history, and a lot of that comes from the older people that I met, you know, and learning about the different occupations, and then learning that. You know, especially even talking to my coworkers that don't even understand, you know, the the heritage of where we came from and how we got to where we're at. Um, you know, as a locomotive engineer, a lot of people don't know that, you know, we came from the roundhouse. You know, that's where we came from. We're, whereas most people, um, or I should say, mechanical for those of you that are non railroaders, but um, a lot of people in my industry think that engineers because it's been that's engineers have come from uh the trainmen they figure that and assume that we just came from like trainmen brakemen you know since the beginning of time and we didn't we we came from the roundhouse we were the people that hired out as as you know you know oilers and wipers in the roundhouse and 
basically learned to care for the engines. And then when we were found to be responsible, there there was a promotion, you know, the the roundhouse foreman or the master mechanic would decide, well, let's give this person an opportunity to try out and see if they can, you know, move over, you know, into a job with more responsibility, you know, working as as a fireman or uh, moving up to a hostler. And eventually they would end up, you know, out on the road uh, working as a fireman and learning the craft and then becoming an engineer. And a lot of people don't understand that history. And so I decided, well, you know, maybe we should embark on trying to figure out some of the stuff and put it together so people would understand how all of this, this, these types of things all, you know, work and happen together. Yeah. So, so that was, that was the start of that. And then um, I had a, an actual friend at work. He's a good friend. He's unfortunately passed, but uh, he got me involved in the union and he brought me on board the union um, in uh, 16 and asked me, and, and by the way, I've been in the, the railroad industry. We, I've been in the union for years, but I had not really been horrendously active, you know, and uh, he brought me in to become more active in the union in 16. He wanted me to help not only manage their paperwork collection that they have of all of the, the older history um, and the older cases and documents and everything else that they had, but also to try to do research in it, to try to be able to um, figure out you know, how we got to some of the stuff that we've gotten to today and how it ended up getting as complex as it did. And if there's a way back to try to sort it out, sort it out and straighten it out. And so I started doing that for him and then started taking on more responsibility and more responsibility. <laughs> and uh, I became his alternate a few years ago. And then when he passed, um, I was elected into his position. So that's, uh, and so I'm currently uh, the legislative rep for uh, my division, which is uh, Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen Division 238 uh, here in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, we are the original NP division from Tacoma, Washington, and we were organized in 1884. Wow. So just a little bit of history with that, or <laughs> 1884. Yeah. yeah. A little. So it sounds like the union has a, a big, has had a big role to play in capturing history of the railroad. Yes. Yes. Uh, the, the, uh, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen is, I believe still is the oldest, uh, functioning union union that there is in the, uh, United States. Um, there was some before us, but they've, none of them have survived this long. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And we've got a, we've also got quite a history in Puget Sound um, and the Tacoma area. We were the, we were organized by the Spokane uh, division and of the, also the NP and the guy out of Spokane, he appeared to be quite prolific during 1884 and went around and organized not only you know our division but he also organized some of the uh, Oregon Railway and Navigation divisions that are now a portion of the Union Pacific and he did that during that time period and uh, so it's 
we were the, um, like I said, we were the original NP division here and uh, which the, the NP at the time, this was the Puget Sound division. So, yeah, well, it's amazing history. So it sounds like uh, boxes and boxes of materials that, <laughs> that you have access to. And it sounds like potentially, I don't know, is there a, is there a book in your future or is there a project like that, that you'd like to take on, you know, of, uh, I'm not asking you to commit to anything, but just, <laughs> just curious where you see that going in, in the future that it seems like you're, your interest in the history is not is not going to go away. Um, do you, do you have a sense of like future direction of your research? I'd actually like to. If I've been contemplating actually taking the opportunity and going back to school and pursuing something like a labor history degree or going in that direction, it's just something I find fascinating. But it's one of those things. It's more of a uh, something I'd be more interested in is a personal enrichment, you know, it's just, I think it would be a very interesting. So, and there's some excellent programs around here. I know the, the UW Tacoma has some stuff they do with, with labor history. And I've seen some of their, their stuff. It's quite, quite phenomenal that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, after you finish your, your degree in labor history, come back and, and, and give a presentation for us again. <laughs> So is, is there anything that I uh, didn't ask you or anything else that you'd, you'd like to share with, with the audience that you have here of people who love local history and, and, uh, and are excited about exploring railroad history this year? Um, this year, in addition to the 150th uh, anniversary of the NP arriving to, in Tacoma is the 50th anniversary of women entering engine service. Uh, women in, in, started entering engine service in 1973. Uh, prior to that, they had been largely locked out of engine service because of protective conditions that had been placed on women during the Progressive Era. Uh, they were also largely viewed as, you know, not being acceptable for this type of service, which was a, a common issue that women have faced, you know, the, the fact that women are there to take orders, not give orders. And the fact that being a locomotive engineer requires you to be, you know, in a position of authority and to be able to instruct others. Uh, so it had a lot of walls that had to be broken down. And the, unfortunately, the Equal Opportunity Commission <laughs> had to step in and mandate that the railroads started hiring women. Uh, there's not a lot of women that hired out during that era. I was fortunate. Um, I was able to actually meet a few of them. They were still working when I hired out with the railroad. And I really considered that to actually be a very, very special treat to be able to meet those, those trailblazing you know, women that had hired out uh, between 1974 and 1979, you know, over here on the Burlington Northern side. And that was, it was very, very unique to actually meet those women and to be able to work with them. And a couple of them, I was actually, you know, to, to get some really good advice off of, not only of, of how to how to be a little bit better engineer myself, but also how to deal with the, uh, with the environment a little and to be able to to deal with some of my coworkers, which was which was very very nice. 
but uh, that's that's kind of my my passion that I've got this year. I've been trying to put something together. Uh, I'm really, I, I feel very, very strongly about it. Um, unfortunately, the railroad industry still is is extremely male dominated, um, and we have very very few women that work as engineers. Uh, there's currently in my division, uh, in the BLE, we have, uh, three, there's three of us, um, and we had a fourth that left to become a mother, which I do not, I, I wish her the absolute best in the world, but I'm also, you know, a little sad to see her leave. Um, and it's, it's just, <clears throat> It's kind of, it's an occupation I wish there was actually more women in, but I don't know if it's necessarily something that, that women view as something that's, that's necessary, that's open to them in an aspect. And I also sometimes feel that, that the, the work itself is um, a little, the work itself is not difficult. Um, as a, it's not, it's, but it's very isolating. And so it does, you know, take a lot of time away from family and a lot of the other, the types of stuff that people value. It does it for, it also does it for the men. They don't get nearly as much time at home as they should have. And, you know, those are definitely some areas that we've, the railroad and the, the union def, definitely need to work on figuring out some better ideas of how to handle um, not to mention, you know, there's, there's other issues. They could definitely make some substantial improvement to the cabs of engines, which would make it a much better environment for all of us. So, but that's kind of, that's my thing on there. So. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I honestly did not know that history. I uh, didn't know that we, we had that anniversary to, to be thinking about this year as well. That's really significant. Um, just, I just have, since that's new information to me, now I'm all excited about new information and I have a couple more questions for you. Uh, <laughs> so what, um, what roles did women play in, in the, in the industry before that? Uh, what, what were they more limited to? Uh, women largely worked, uh, as operators. They did work as clerks. And a lot of that I think has to do with the westward expansion of the railroads. Um, you know, as the railroads expanded westward, you had a lot of these stations that were in the middle of nowhere. And it became a station agent and his wife or his daughter, or they would hire, you know, women that were the daughters or the wives of railroad workers, as well as the railroads also had a tendency when railroad workers were killed or injured on duty to find a family member. And a lot of times it was a male, a son, that could take the place of, of the, of the person, the breadwinner that was killed. And if they couldn't find a male, they would find a female. And so there was a lot of women, uh, including, uh, young mothers that work for the railroad and as well as some of the daughters of railroad workers that ended up going to work for the railroad and got these jobs so that they could help support their families. And a lot of that had to do with you know, that it had to do with that type of stuff of either being a, a lack of people that were available 
or a lack of people with training. I know with the the telegraphy in, in particular and, and the operators, that's been an occupation that's been open to women, I think, since the Civil War. And there's, you know, some places would hire them and other places wouldn't. Um, and and they that that's definitely been a longstanding occupation of women um, within the railroad industry. But there was other areas, too. I mean, South Tacoma shops uh, had women that were employed in it. Uh, it's uh, they had a lot of people that were pattern makers. They had ones that were employed uh, within the in the um, doing certain types of uh of upholstery type work that was inside the shops. They also had a few women for a while, I think that even worked in the blacksmith shop and I'm not exactly sure what they did, uh, but there was there were people that worked in a variety of, of occupations doing that type of work. Uh, unfortunately, documentation of women on the railroad isn't very easy to find because if a woman was married, even if she was widowed, uh, the paycheck went out in the name of her spouse. So <laughs> it made it really difficult. And, you know, and then during World War, um, World War One and World War Two, there was a lot of women that came in and worked for the railroad in a lot of occupations. They filled in for the men when they left. There's a lot of them that tried to stay after the war and ended up basically not being able to stay because the, the jobs were no longer open to them uh, because of, well, like I previously said, the protective codes that they had that prevented women from being able to work in those uh, types of occupations because they were concerned about either long hours or weight or uh, or any type of of issue like that. And a lot of those issues were, you know, they were established because you know, during the, the original progressive era, women were largely exploited and you saw so much, you know, in the newspapers and we still read about it in the history of that time of, you know, how badly women were exploited in sweatshops and places like that. And it was created to try to protect women from that type of exploitation, but it ended up also restricting their abilities to have, you know, meaningful occupations and for some of these women, especially after World War II, uh, we see more of a documentation of the fact that they needed these jobs because they had spouses that returned home that were disabled. Um, there was drug and alcohol issues after, you know, recovering from the post-traumatic stress of the war and a lot of uh, broken families or, you know, husbands that were unable to support their families. And they needed these type of jobs and then they became unavailable to them to be able to hold them. And they were limited uh, largely, largely to railroad operators and to a few other positions after the war. Um, a few women, like I said, they did stay around and then they were also the ones that pushed the hardest to get women back into the railroad in the late 1960s and the early 1970s. And to really open those doors back up so that there would be those types of jobs available to everyone. Thank you so much for, I mean, it's just such important and fascinating history. And it's it's amazing to think about the really, so it took really a full generation after World War II to 
get to that point where those doors were open again. It's really, it's, it's amazing to think about the people who worked so hard to make that happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and as you say, that it's still because of the long history of perhaps certain fields not being open to women, it, it, we're still dealing with, you know, a lack of women wanting to go into that work. So it's, it's amazing how long these, these things last with us. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to ask one more time, because I can tell you, you are just a, a wealth of information on, on this subject. Uh, anything else that, that you haven't had a chance to talk about yet that you'd like to before we before we stop? I really don't know. I think I've kind of covered it all. So, yeah. well, thank you so much for your time. This has just been a wonderful opportunity to get a glimpse into your experience and and through that, the larger experience of, of you know, the history of women in the railroad. So I really, really appreciate your time. And I, I, I meant what I said that as you continue to, to research this history and, and potentially, you know, go back to school and, and <laughs> uh, you know, come back and talk to us again. We will be here. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you. This is a Tacoma Historical Society production.